Welcome, my beautiful family. Happy Labor Day weekend to you. Listen, not going to be before you long, but this particular word on tonight, this particular message woke me up in the middle of the night, like four in the morning. God was just downloading some stuff for me, just downloading. And I have to share it with you. Um, I just want to be obedient. Thank you so much for everybody who has been participating with us for all the efforts that we're striving to do to serve Louisiana and the East Coast via partnership with Convoy of Hope. We love you so much. Your seeds are truly making a difference. Now, listen, these next two messages tonight and then on Thursday night are going to hit a little different. Thursday, I'm talking about not in my house. We are going to be discussing God's original plan and agenda for the home. I'm going to have like three tables on stage and it's going to represent a man in his singleness and then a woman in her singleness and then what it looks like in their togetherness. What was God's system? What was his plan? What was his origin and what would happen if we get back to the original kingdom agenda for the home? I believe it would change our communities which would change our churches, which would change our schools, which would change our cities, which would change our counties, which would change our states, which would ultimately change the world. What is God's original kingdom agenda for the household? And for anybody who is on a kingdom vibes only, kingdom, kingdom vibes only, listen, if it's not kingdom, I don't want it. I want to have a kingdom infrastructure in my home. That's, that's Thursday, but this is just a launching pad for that. This is the launching pad for that because I just have a sneaky suspicion that God wants us to be a people of character. God wants us to be a people of purpose. God wants us to be a people of integrity. God wants us to be people of discipline. God wants us to be a people of distinction. He wants us to walk with him. Can I get somebody to put in the room, I walk with God. As y'all can tell, I feel this. I, I walk with God. I've walked with many things before. I've walked with counterfeits, but I'm not doing that anymore. I've walked with distractions, but I'm not doing that anymore. I've walked with time wasters. Why are we coming out like this? Must be because it's Labor Day and I'm trying to hurry up and give you this word. <laughs> I am no longer walking with time wasters. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice on this Labor Day weekend, on this Sunday night, that you've arrived to this place? I refuse to water things that don't want to grow up. I feel that all in my soul. I refuse to water things. I no longer will water things that don't want to grow up. God changes people, not me. <laughs> Kingdom vibes only. I can't hear y'all, but can we just go ahead and put it in the room so I can know that you're with me? Kingdom vibes only. Kingdom, kingdom vibes only. Kingdom vibes only. Kingdom, kingdom vibes only. I refuse to water things that don't want to grow up. Now, listen, I would be guilty of ministerial malpractice if I did not dedicate a segment of this kingdom vibes only series talking about the value of the woman. Now listen, anybody who has been following our ministry for any length of time know that we are well-rounded. 
We don't, we don't construct messages just for women. And we don't construct messages just for men. We do it all well-rounded, well-rounded, but we need to understand, especially for the direction that I'm going to go on Thursday, we need to understand the value of a woman, the, the, the value of a daughter of the king. Understand the value of a king and the value of a son of the king. I'm heavily going to touch on that on Thursday, but right now, the value of a queen. I believe there is so much spotlight that shines on the kingdom woman of Esther. There's a whole bunch of spotlight that shines on the kingdom woman of Ruth. There is so much spotlight that shines on the kingdom woman of Mary. Oh, but I want to introduce you to two sisters on tonight that have not got enough spotlight. They are going to be the backdrop of tonight's preaching presentation. I want to introduce you to two kingdom sisters you probably haven't heard before, depending on where you are in your Christian journey, and that is Shifra and Pua. <laughs> Shifra and Pua. Let, let, let's get to the text. I'm going to give you Bible so that you can get this. Exodus chapter 1. Verse 15, it says, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose name were Shifra and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God. Please don't miss that. They feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. <laughs> they are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen, don't miss this. Pharaoh was saying, when you see the Hebrew women, when you see chosen women, when you see kingdom women, please, I want you to hear the plan of the enemy. When you see a daughter of the king is trying to give birth to something that has a seed. When you see a kingdom woman trying to give birth to something that can multiply that is trying to give birth to something that can become a protector, that can give birth to something that can become a provider, that can give birth to something that can become a warrior. Whenever you see them trying to give birth, kill it, kill it. That ministry that she's trying to birth, kill it. That idea that she's trying to birth, kill it. Y'all not talking to me. That, that kingdom marriage, that she is trying to birth so that she could change the generational narrative. Kill it. Her husband handsome too. If you can, kill it by being seductive with the husband. But listen, I'm not minimizing the man. We need more kingdom men. 
We need more kingdom men who know how to resist the seductress. Preach Holy Ghost. One way we can protect her spirit is by not entertaining other spirits. Oh, what I feel God woke me up in the middle of the night at four in the morning to preach to you on this Labor Day weekend on this Sunday night is we need more spiritual midwives. We need it. We need it. We need it. Listen, we need more spiritual midwives because Pharaoh wants me to use this knife. This is so good, y'all. Pharaoh wants me to use this knife as a form of a weapon, but I'm going to use this knife as a form of transition. I'm not going to use this to cut you down. I'm going to use this to cut an umbilical cord. I'm not going to use it to cut you down. I'm going to use it to cut an umbilical cord. I'm going to use it to cut something that you have outgrown. I'm going to use it to cut something that is no longer nurturing you for the realm I'm trying to take you to. We need more. We need more spiritual midwives. Please hear me. Who won't follow the agenda of hell and kill seeds but women who will help us in the labor pains of becoming. Women who will help us when we're experiencing the contractions of becoming. Women who will help us while we're screaming in the middle of evolution, while we're in pain in the middle of transition. I need somebody in my life that will say, girl, push, push. This is not where you give up, push, push. This is not where you walk away, push, push past the depression, push past the fear, push past the doubt, push past everything, every lie that the enemy has told you. I need you to push, I need you to push, I need you to push. Pharaoh wanted me to cut you down, but I'm going to cut the thing that you have outgrown. Push, push, push. I need, and the earth needs more spiritual midwives. These are people that God has put in our life to help us give birth. Can I get somebody to put in the room, give birth to it, give, give, give birth to it, give birth to it. The Israelites were growing, but Pharaoh wanted to cut them down. The desire of hell is to cut down seeds. He didn't go to the army. He went to the women. He didn't go to the army. He went to the midwives and said, anytime you see a Hebrew woman giving birth to something that has the potential to be a threat to my campaign, that has the potential to grow into something that can form an army and threaten my agenda, cut it. But what if we had more spiritual midwives that didn't use the knife to cut us down, but use the knife to cut us free? God, would you help us right now, my goodness, right now, in the, in the introduction of this message that you have given me, would you help us, oh God, arise your spiritual midwives, people who are so mature, people who have spent time with you. I know what it's like to be experiencing those labor pains. I know what it's like to experience contractions. I know what it's like to experience fear. I know what it's like to experience doubt. Would you surround us, oh God, by people who can help us? Because what 
is needed in the earth if we're going to redeem the original kingdom agenda we need midwives in jesus name we pray that you'll do it help me to preach this word anoint me to be the pa system of heaven in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you put in the room, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. I feel this, y'all. I feel this all in my soul. I feel this. Amen. Listen, whenever you see a Hebrew woman, whenever you see a child of the king giving birth to something that has a seed in it, kill it. But verse 17, my favorite part, verse 17, it says, The midwives, however, feared God. Feared God. Notice, this fear means reverenced God, honored God, respected God, trusted God. You have to trust God when you defy the natural king because you trust your spiritual king. Some of y'all missed what I just said. You, you have to have another level of trust when you're like, listen, I don't care what Pharaoh says. I'm going to do what Yahweh says. I don't care what Pharaoh decrees. I'm going to do what Yahweh decrees. I don't care what Pharaoh's will is. All I care about is what is Yahweh's will. Verse 17, the midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do, they let the boys live. For just a few more moments, I promise, I promise I won't be before you long. I would like to speak around this thought from this subject for part four of our Kingdom Vibes Only series, Where Are the Midwives? Where are the midwives? I did a whole message. I did a whole message entitled, Where Are the Men? You can go back and check that out. We even have a book that was authored by my mother entitled, Where Are the Men? So that you can see that we are a well-rounded ministry. But tonight, I'm just being obedient. I'm going to speak from this thought. Where are the midwives? Can I get everybody to say this? Can I get everybody to say this? Put this in the room in all caps. God, surround me with people who helped me give birth, protect me from the plans of Pharaoh. One more time. Let's, let's put that in the room. God, surround me with people who helped me give birth, protect me from the plans of Pharaoh. If you see a woman and she gives birth and what she gives birth to is a boy, kill it. Kill it. The agenda of the enemy has always been. The assassination target of the enemy has always been the man. I want the man out of position because it's easier to overthrow a kingdom when there's no king there. I want the man out of position because it's easier to manipulate daughters when there's no daddy in the home. I want the man out of position because it's easier to manipulate and have wounded sons in the earth when there's no daddy there. If it's a boy, kill him. Where, where are the midwives? If we're going to redeem the original kingdom agenda, we need midwives. See, you have to understand the midwife does the dirty work.
Midwives aren't afraid of a little blood. Matter of fact, they're prepared for it. The, the, the midwives know how to assist you if you start hemorrhaging. The, the midwives know how to encourage you when you feel you can't birth this, when you feel you can't produce this, when you feel you're not qualified to do this. The midwives help you transition. The midwives help you transition from carrying something to holding something. Did y'all hear what I just said? The midwives help you transition. They are critical for your transition season. They are critical for your shifting season. They are fundamental because they make sure that what you're carrying, you now experience holding. You carried it for nine months. Now you're going to hold it for the rest of your life. Midwives. Somebody put in the room midwives, midwives, midwives. Whatever you pushed out that still has afterbirth on it, a midwife is fundamental in washing that off. Oh, this is so good. A midwife is fundamental in removing the residue. I have to remove, I have to remove the residue of abandonment off of you. I'm not allowing you to take those bricks with you to the next season because all you'll end up doing is building the same house. The midwives are fundamental in making sure that afterbirth, making sure that what used to be on you is no longer on you. This can't stay on your baby. This can't stay on your ministry. This can't stay on your mind. The midwives don't mind doing the dirty work. I'm not going to let the residue of that language be your native tongue. We're not speaking the language of fear anymore. I'm washing that off. I'm not allowing, I'm not allowing the residue and I'm not allowing the afterbirth of what they did to you to become your personality. I'm going to help you heal. I'm going to help you heal. See, listen, the real flex, the real flex is to heal and not become like the one who traumatized you, but rather become like the one who authorized you. Yeah. Did y'all hear what I just said? I'm trying to hurry up when you go get your barbecue. The real flex is for you to heal so that you don't become like the one who traumatized you, but you're becoming more and more like the one who authorized you. One more time, somebody put in the room, give birth to it. Listen, the midwife, the midwife wants you to be so secure that if someone walks away from you, that they don't take you from you. Yes, they might walk away from me, but they didn't take me with them. I still have security outside of them. Midwives, midwives, listen, midwives help you give birth. Midwives help cut things that you have outgrown. Midwives help you transition. You're no longer just pregnant. Now you're a mother. They were assistant in your title changing. They were assistants, they were assistants to the title of this chapter changing. Midwives, 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 they are assistants into you now embracing this new realm, this new season of your life. Because maybe, maybe, maybe this is not too good to be true, but this is called healthy. This is called healthy. And I want us to get to a place where toxicity should taste bitter, not acquired. Lord have mercy. I preach, Holy Ghost. I don't want us to be a generation who drinks poison and toxicity and just call it an acquired taste. No, I want us to be so kingdom. I want us to be so kingdom where toxicity tastes bitter, but I want health. I want 
health. The woman, this is the one that God has cosmically created. You are the one that could conceive, that could carry, that could birth, and that could nurse. And one of the assignments of the enemy is to kill whatever God has given you that you could birth and it can multiply. And may God use this word on tonight to cause us to be men and women of God who are no longer conceive things that have been sent by the enemy, who are no longer carry things that have been sent by the evil one, who will no longer give birth to negative thoughts, give birth to the lies of hell, and then nurse it with overthinking. No longer will we give birth or allow our womb, the womb of our mind and the womb of our spirit to conceive the lies of the enemy. But I will be a man and now I'll be a woman of favor because favor is an usher. Favor is an usher. And why do I call it an usher? Because favor has a way of ushering us into rooms and opportunities that you thought you missed out on, but favor held your seat. Preach Holy Ghost. Favor has a way of keeping some stuff on reserve until you got there. And the midwives are fundamental in making sure that God has favor on whatever you're going to give birth to. And I'm going to protect it so that Pharaoh can't get his hands on it. Shifra and Pua, they told Pharaoh, they said, listen, th th these Hebrew women, they're not like Egyptian women. <laughs> yeah, th these kingdom women, they're not like your average women. Th th these kingdom men. They're not like your average men. Whatever God has put on the inside of them, they give birth to it before we could ever stop it. They give birth to it before we could ever reroute it. I know you've heard about Esther and Ruth and Deborah, but what about the midwives, Shifra and Pua, who made sure, who made sure that what this sister is carrying will thrive and not die? Midwives, midwives are assistants in your favor. Listen, let me give you Bible. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22. It says, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. I really want us to understand this because many times I think it has been preached wrong. I think it has been preached when, when, a, man, when a man gets married, he has favor from the Lord. Negative. You have to understand the kingdom woman is married, even if she's not naturally married, meaning she is the bride of Christ. She's in covenant, even if she doesn't have an earthly covenant with the man. OK, so you and I are the bride of Christ. This includes men and women. We are the bride of Christ. Christ is the bridegroom. OK, so when the text says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord, this just simply means she was already my wife before she was ever your wife. She was already my bride before she was ever your bride. Does that make sense? And she is favored because she's attached to me. So when you discover something that I have favored, you get blessed because you now get their attachment. 
I told us this before. We have to look at the attachments, not just the accessories. He could be fine, but he could be attached to a storm. She could be fine, but she could be attached to drama. Just because she is a woman and you put a ring on her finger does not mean you will experience favor from the Lord if she's not the Lord's bride. Okay, give you more Bible. Genesis chapter six, verse seven. It says, so the Lord said, I will wipe mankind who I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and the birds of the air. For I am grieved that I have made them, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Don't miss this. It didn't say Noah's wife found favor. It didn't say Noah's children found favor. It didn't say Noah's dog found favor. It said Noah found favor. So now everybody who was attached to Noah benefited from Noah's favor. Oh, if we can get men to desire kingdom women. Don't you understand that when you get a kingdom woman, that you get favor that has been attached to her. If we could normalize women who are attracted to kingdom men, I'm dealing with that on Thursday, then you can get his attachment. Noah was attached to favor, so his whole family was protected from a flood, right? Noah was attached to favor, so his whole family was protected from a flood. Because his heart beat after God, his whole family was protected because of his relationship. Listen, maybe this is why, ladies, sometimes your life is flooded with so much drama. Because you don't have an art builder, you have a flood producer. Oh, oh. I have one that may be fine, but they don't protect me from floods. He may be cute, but he doesn't protect me from floods. Because by default, when y'all become attached, you get his attachments. When you become attached, you get her attachments. They all benefited from Noah's favor. A godly woman comes with favor. And midwives are instrumental in making sure that whatever God favored you for, that he put in your bosom, you're going to give birth to it. This is not a weapon. This is a severing of something you have outgrown. I'm talking to somebody. There is a womb of a relationship that you have outgrown. There is a womb of a thought pattern that you have outgrown. There is a womb of a place that you have outgrown. And may God provide you with a spiritual midwife that can tell you, you no longer leave this umbilical cord. You no longer need this umbilical cord. You're going to another realm. You no longer need to reflect on their IG page. God is doing a new thing. You no, long, you no longer need to worry if what you did in 2016 is going to come back and haunt you in 2021. Don't worry about that. God is doing a new thing. And I'm here in your life to help you transition from carrying to holding. Somebody say midwives. Midwives. Midwives, look y'all, verse 20, verse 20. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased. Are y'all seeing this? Because you are willing to defy culture, because you are willing to defy Pharaoh, what I'm doing in the lives of my people can increase. Listen, when I was nervous and when I was scared to do Thursday night service, when I was nervous and I didn't think anybody would watch and I didn't think that I was good enough to be a pastor and I didn't think that this is something that would work. I was nervous, 
but me defying the lies of the enemy, me defying some thoughts that were not just the enemy, but was my inner me, was my own thoughts, my own overthinking, me defying those thoughts and allowing my sister, my natural sister to be a midwife, me defying those thoughts and allowing my wife to actually be a midwife and help me give birth to something. Because I told them, I think God said, try me. And with my natural idea and my natural mindset, I don't think this is going to work. But my wife said, Jerry, you are anointed to do this. If I would not have done it, if I would not have let my wife be my spiritual midwife, y'all not hearing me. If I would not have let my wife be my spiritual midwife, you wouldn't be watching me on the night. You wouldn't be watching me on the night. The midwives, so God was kind to the midwives. The midwives didn't listen to Pharaoh. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. He gave them families of their own. What if, just what if, the season that you're in is a season of being a midwife? You're in a season of helping somebody else give birth. And if you could get your eyes off of you, and if you can get your eyes off of what you want just for this moment, just for this season, and focus on helping other people give birth, maybe God will turn around and give you something to birth of your own. Bible all day, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. See, some of the things that we want to be added unto us, we don't even know we want it yet. We don't even know everything that we want to be added unto us. But God said, listen, the stuff that you don't even know that you want, I'm going to give you. The stuff that you don't even know that you need, I'm going to give you. This blessing that you haven't even asked for, I'm going to bless you with if you seek me first. If you seek me first and the kingdom and all of my righteousness. Seek first the kingdom and all of my righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. What if for this season, God needs you to be a midwife? I know you want to be Ruth. She gets the spotlight. But what if God is calling for you to be Naomi? I know, I know you want to be Timothy, but what if in this season of your life, God is calling for you to be Paul? What if one of the roles, what if one of the ways to experience promotion is if we become a midwife? I'm going to help you get afterbirth off of you. I'm going to help you transition. So I'm going to give you some points and I'm done. You can go eat your barbecue and have a wonderful Labor Day. But when I was looking at this, the importance of a midwife, number one, I felt God wanted me to give this to you. We don't listen to the enemy. To be kingdom and to be a midwife, we don't listen to the enemy. Listen, y'all, sometimes going to the next level is tied to who you don't listen to. These women were told by Pharaoh, this is the king, y'all. He gave them an instruction to murder, to commit genocide. But I'm going to listen to my king. Listen, what kept these midwives was not the fear of Pharaoh. It was the fear of God. 
Listen, you going through his phone won't keep him. The fear of God will. You going through her phone won't keep her. The fear of God will. It was the fear of God. They feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. Point number two, midwives protect others. Men are not the only ones who protect. Midwives protect as well. When I know the enemy is trying to destroy what you carry, this woman sitting here screaming in discomfort, trying to push, has no idea that the person down between her legs has been told by the enemy to kill what you about to give birth to. But I'm going to protect you. I'm going to protect you. Why? Because number three, midwives are trustworthy with vulnerabilities. This woman is at her most vulnerable state. You're trying to push the head of this baby out. They didn't have epidurals back then. They didn't have rooms with AC. You didn't have room service. You didn't have monitors. You didn't have IVs. Wherever the water broke, it was time. It was time. And while you're on the delivery stool, pushing in your most vulnerable state, the midwife is protecting what you're birthing. Midwives won't use your weakness as gossip. Midwives won't use your flaws as ammunition to be petty. Who are we talking? Midwives won't use the areas that God is still cleaning you. The afterbirth that's still on you. They won't use that to post it on Instagram. They won't use that as a screenshot and send it to another sister. Y'all not talking to me, but they are trustworthy with your vulnerabilities. Most vulnerable moment you could be in is giving birth to something. I remember my wife was giving birth to my daughter. We had emergency C-section. There was like four or five doctors in the room, blood everywhere, all type of fluid and juice. And I'm just, you know, I got you, baby. It's okay. You know, I love you. I'm right here with you. My wife didn't care who was down there. She just wanted them to get my daughter out. Get this baby out of me. I'm ready for this to be over in her most vulnerable state. In her most vulnerable state. And in your most vulnerable state. And in my most vulnerable state, I need to have somebody I could trust when I'm wounded. I need to have somebody I could trust when my blood is everywhere, when my mess is everywhere, when my dirt is everywhere, when private things are open before the public. I need somebody to protect me. They, they had like a cloth that they put over my wife. There was blood splattered all on the cloth. It was protecting her. You don't even need to see this. We got you. A midwife. A midwife is one that is trustworthy with your most vulnerable self, with your vulnerabilities. Number four, midwives obey God even when consequence is possible. I'm still amazed looking at this text that Pharaoh didn't kill them. He didn't kill them. But their mindset as a midwife was, I fear God more than I fear you. So you could do whatever you want to do to me, but I'm going to honor God when you truly are one. That is a midwife, meaning you're one to help people birth things. You're one to help protect them. You're one to help them transition. I'm going to obey God even if a consequence is possible. Even if this causes for me to get laid off. Even if this causes for you to break up with me. I'm going to defy Pharaoh so that I could obey Yahweh. And last point, midwives have a will exchange. They have a will exchange. Meaning they exchange their will 
for the king of kings will. Jesus modeled this to us so beautifully in Matthew 26, verse 38, when he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. It says, then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, here it is, y'all, not as I will, but as you will. Maybe one of the reasons you're so stressed out is because your will and God's will are at war. Jesus, in this text, fully God, fully man, is experiencing a battle of the wills. God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. If it's possible for us to redeem mankind without me being separated, without me being crucified, without me experiencing agony, if it's possible for us to do this without me going through that, let's do it. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Jesus' purpose for coming was to die and to teach us kingdom keys. On the cross, he was stretched because purpose stretches you. Maybe the reason purpose is stressing you is because there's too much will of you versus will of God. I love you guys so much. I just wanted to give a word to encourage us that what we need to redeem the original kingdom agenda is spiritual midwives. Those who aren't afraid to do the dirty work who aren't afraid to get bloody and messy, but they're instrumental in helping you shift from carrying to holding. God, would you help us to be surrounded by people who help us give birth? And also, God, equip us with the patience and the tools and the wisdom on how we can help others give birth. Because if we're going to redeem the original kingdom agenda for the home, got to have people in place who help us to give birth for a home. In Jesus' name, we love you so much. Amen.